Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Joseph Cardinal Bernadine of Chicago said that when he was made Archbishop, his mother, who had come from very humble means, instructed him, when you walk down the aisle in the service, try not to look too pleased with yourself. <laughs> One could forgive a leader for being moved on such an occasion, but his mother's warning is timeless. Perhaps our protagonist's mother would have done better to have offered such advice to her sons. James and John were two of the three of Jesus' inner circle of disciples. Along with Simon Peter, they witnessed the transfiguration. They watched him raise the dead. And they appear with Jesus in several gospel stories. There's no reason to doubt that they loved Jesus or that they wanted to remain close to him, but they misunderstood what close discipleship looked like. Rather than comprehending Jesus speaking of suffering, they said something that could have been just as crass as, hey Jesus, when you come into that glory thing, after you've been beaten and killed, we want a piece of the bounty. Let one of us be at your right hand and the other at the left. Humanity knows no bounds. And at the very least, the request seems to ignore good Southern etiquette. Jesus doesn't offer them an alternative. Rather, as he often does, he completely turns everything upside down. The first is placed last, the last first. Because if you recall, when Jesus came into his glory, that is, when he was on the cross, who was at his left and at his right? Yeah, criminals, two criminals. So be careful for that which we ask. Jesus has already had the conversation about greatness with them, using almost the exact same verbiage back in chapter 9. The first shall be last, the last first. Over the centuries, volumes have been written for church and business leaders on this subject of servant leadership. Apparently, there was as large an issue in the early church as there is for many churches today. We need reminding that leadership in the church, and that means all of us who are leaders, in God's economy is, is supposed to look very different from the leadership in the world. We are fortunate at St. James to have a servant leader modeled in, that, in Philip. All of the Gospel of Mark has been concerned about showing the type of Messiah Jesus would be. Mark has tried to show the kind of Jesus followers what they should expect. And he's gone to great lengths to demonstrate that this is not easily accepted or understood by even Jesus' closest followers. This is the third time he's now told them of his suffering and death about to come. But before we come down too hard on the disciples, 
You need to realize everything that is happening to them is completely different than what they expected. They expected a king, not a suffering servant. They expected a palace, not a cross. The disciples do eventually get it and become great leaders, but not until after the resurrection and not until after everything has been turned upside down. The cross is an interesting phenomenon to internalize. For us, we wear it in our jewelry, it's seen today as a symbol of comfort, of hope, and of triumph over evil, as it well should. But in their day, it was that sign of suffering, death, defeat. God forgiving sins because of Jesus' death is the central point of the cross. However, it's more than that. It's God's way of putting the world right and ourselves right. And it challenges all of our human systems which claim to make the world right. We mostly think that if we just put someone else in power or another party into power and to control, all our problems will go away. And all we do is bring in a different set of humans out on top. We're all looking for a way to win and perhaps even to find a way to have Jesus in our lives but we want it without the cross. Without that death of human pride, without that death of drawing attention to ourselves. Because to participate in Christ is to become like Christ as the died-for people that we are. What he does is he takes our desire to get, to keep, to possess, and he asks us to be more concerned with giving, caring, sharing. In Jesus' economy, it's upside down. If we want to be great, if we want to be first, if we want to be a ruler or in charge, serve others. All of it countercultural. It's actually a bit odd. Uh, that James and John, or their mother in Matthew's version, asked to be on top because all throughout Scripture, we find examples of leaders who resisted being in that place of honor, who they resisted leadership. Samuel, if you'll recall him, young Samuel, heard God's voice at night calling to serve. He got up, he kept insisting that it was King Eli calling him. And in that story, even the corrupt king was able, had the wherewithal to know that it was God calling, and he advised the young Samuel to go back to, and to listen. There's so many others. Gideon resisted his call because he was from the weakest tribe. Moses, we know what happened there. He couldn't lead because he didn't speak well or didn't think he could. Jeremiah thought he was too young. And even Paul noted that he was the chief of sinners in God, but, uh, toward God. But God said, get back on your horse and go out and serve. For whatever reason, God summons the weak 
those who seem to lack ability, those slow to learn like the disciples. I won't speak for you, but for me sometimes I'm slow. But when we confuse serving God with recognition and power, God has a way of turning our worlds upside down. So we do well to humbly follow when we're summoned to serve. In just a few moments, we will pass the plates. And on occasion, you may or you may have heard it before, it's called the collection. Did anybody grow up with it called the collection? You're going to take up a collection. Well, bill collectors collect. And we offer our, our gifts to God, our possessions, their chosen action. What happens is God takes our earthly gifts, our pledges, our possessions, our time, our, our gifts, whatever they may be, transforms them, and then he gives them back to us as the means of Christ's presence and Christ's power in our lives. He takes our bread and wine, our money, ourselves. He transforms them and he gives it back is something very distinct, very holy to serve. 